This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Kawakami, the editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area. Jim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades and more specifically the Golden State Warriors over the last 12 years. This is the TK Show. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio. I have on as my guest for the second time, uh, picked an opportune moment, and I appreciate him sticking with us. After some uh, pretty heavy news the last few days, it's Mike Dunleavy Jr., General Manager of the Warriors. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Probably better than yesterday. If we had, had this scheduled yesterday, I uh, probably would have had to reschedule. But today, um, a little bit more time and uh, things have settled down some and, and here we are. You didn't bug out on me when everything we scheduled this a week ago and who knew what was going to all happen in the last few days. You didn't bug out. And I do respect that. I appreciate that. Mike, you did speak to the other reporters uh, in L.A. at shoot around this morning. We're recording this kind of midday on Thursday. Got a game against the Clippers tonight. Obviously, Draymond Green will not be a part of that and is indefinitely suspended. Mike, you were there in Phoenix. I don't know, maybe what's your initial impression of that incident with Nurkic and I'll just play it through and the NBA's discussions. Uh, I, I guess you guys had some discussions with the NBA and Draymond. And then when you had news of the indefinite suspension, just kind of what, what were your feelings, your emotions as all this stuff is going on? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was at the game. It was a sideline out of bounds play. And frankly, I didn't see it. Um, I was watching another portion of the court. And so I did not see the interaction and um, frankly, didn't see it till after the game. And even I went back in the locker room and spoke with Draymond some and he I asked him what happened and he explained to me his side of it and um, didn't didn't really see it till way later. So uh, being there was, I think, much different than watching on TV. And so once, you know, once you saw it, it was, you know, it was really too bad, disappointing. Um but uh, something that, you know, now we're, we're facing the consequences of. But at the same time, I think there's some positivity to this, um, a, way, a way to address something that um, we think can make our team better, that can make Draymond better. And um, I think we're kind of turning the corner and uh, putting, a, putting a good plan in place and uh, feel good with working with the league, working with Draymond, his representation, working with our staff um, to, to remedy the issue. 
Now, he's had these incidents before, though. I mean, as, as the league has mentioned, this is repeated acts of unsportsmanlike conduct. And there have been discussions, not from you specifically, but from Draymond, from other team you know, officials. Like, yeah, this is the one. We'll, we'll, we'll talk it through. And, and he's got to be better about this. He will be better about this. And it hasn't gotten better. In fact, it's it's kind of sped up a little bit. Uh, we can talk about you know the, the the level of incidents, but there are incidents that clearly the NBA is upset about. Mike, do you, do you think the Warriors have to change the way they approach Draymond? Uh, yourself and everybody else on the team, you know, the, the NBA is clearly signaling that they're really mad at Draymond. I don't, th and I'm making it, I'm paraphrasing here, but I don't think they're happy with him. Do you have to change your approach to Draymond here? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. I mean, I think it's it's about helping him, assisting him with this. Um, the incidents have kind of um, they've been more frequent, you know, I think they've been more frequent and, and that's a red flag. So, um, I'm not sure how we, we treat him differently. Um, I think again, it's, it's trying to get him the appropriate help to remedy this. And then at the same time, when these situations arise, what are the strategies? What are the things that he can do? We can do, um, to, to not make them go over the top. And I think that's what we'll be seeking and looking at over the coming weeks and months. And frankly, something that will just continue throughout you know, his career. And um, I think, I think it's the right resolution. I don't want to put you on the spot because you were not the general manager or team president uh, last season uh, when he did punch Jordan Poole, but he, there was a chance to suspend him then. And the team did not. Uh, you, you, you were part of the front office in any way. Do you feel like the team has been a little complicit in this, that, that, that he hasn't been punished more by the team as these incidents have piled up? Oh, come on, man. That's my, that's a question for Myers. Yeah, you I know. I'll, I'll get him, him. I'll get him on now. next. I'll get him on next. Uh, I know. I try. I, no, I, I mean, that. yeah, no, that's reasonable. I mean, I think looking, we, we look back on everything, right? You look back on draft and trades and all those types of things and these decisions as well. And, um, you know, I would say again, the main thing is like the punishment is, is one thing. And the main issue here is resolving the issue. And we've, 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 we've worked on that. Um, we'll continue to do so, and we can look back on stuff and question it. That's totally fair. Um, not sure how we would have done it differently, but open to um, criticism and, and and debate on that. But the main thing is, you know, we're, we're here today. What are we doing moving forward? And and I think we feel good about that. When you did sign him to the four years, $100 million extension this summer, which I understood and supported. I'm going to put that right there. I've said this. I got it. I totally got it. You want to maintain what's won as long as you possibly can. And Draymond was a very good player last season. He's been good, as you noted this morning, he's been good this season when he's been eligible. But when you signed that contract, were there elements in your mind saying, we have to think about what's been happening? He did get suspended for a game in the playoffs uh, last year. Um, was that at all part of some conversation or some some element of in your mind, in the team's mind, when you're negotiating a $100 million deal? Yeah, I think so. And you take everything to account. You talk, you take age, you take injury history, um, you take these types of incidents, you take, you know, performance on the court, on offense, on defense. And, and we looked at all that. We looked at everything and unequivocally having Draymond available for us in the lineup was hundred percent the right thing to do and continue on with as we, you know, pursue having great teams and championships and all that. Um, you know, could we foresee a, a, a scenario this season where he will end up missing, you know, we'll see what it ends up being, but countless games because of um, league penalties. Like, yeah, I think every year Draymond's good for an ejection or so, and maybe it's just, you know, whatever. That's kind of part of it, but this has gotten a little too far. And so we got to try and rein it in and and help him. And again, I think you, you, you look at it on a positive note and say, we're going to, 
we're going to turn this into a strength and, 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 and figure it out and we'll go from there. Um, but you know, I'm, we'll stand by the contract that we signed him to, uh, his play on the court certainly warrants that. And, uh, just try and clean up this this side of things. What's the, the league mentioned, you know, Draymond to have discussions and has going to have to meet some criteria. Uh, obviously, it's an indefinite suspension. We don't know how many games. What's the team's role in that, Mike? Yeah, very collaborative. You know, spoke with the league yesterday um, on the suspension, on the options, all those types of things, as well as with Draymond and his representation. So we're all in this together. Um, and there's, there's agreement on all sides about, you know, how to figure it out. Now it's getting into the fine details, which – you know, won't go into and frankly, don't fully understand. It's not my field of expertise. So, um, but we're, we're heavily involved and um, all sides are, which is a good thing. Are there criteria that you want to see, you know, that he meets or is it strictly the league's going to have to kind of decide what that criteria is? Oh, I think, I think it's all of us. Um, you know, there may be a point where um, if you look at the three parties, maybe two are, two are in alignment and maybe one isn't. And, and so I think we, for him to fully return to play, I think everybody needs to be on the same page. And that includes him. You know, that includes him. So um, I want everybody to, to, to be in agreement. We probably, he probably won't be back out there in, in, until that's the case. You mentioned uh, not evaluating how this affects the team or how anything is viewed big picture for the next 10 to 15 games, I think you said, which I told it, I've been saying you can't make a decision in the middle of the storm. It's the worst time, right? It's it's when impulsive decisions get made, emotional decisions get made. But 10, 15, you, you do have a trade line dead, deadline coming up. You do have, you know, standings to look at. But if you if you do took, look at that, I mean, many of these games, if not most of these games, will be without Draymond. So you're evaluating the team without Draymond, I mean, essentially, right? I mean, this has to be part of what you're looking at is how does the pl team play without Draymond? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. And I think that's a, that's an okay thing for us to do because I think adding him back in, you assume we're going to be even better um, as good as he is on both ends of the floor. So if we can do well without him, um, I'm, I'm confident we can do great with him and, and that'll be part of the evaluation. And look, this is not, you know, it, it times out pretty well um, with, with over this next stage, we're going to have a good idea where we're going to be in the standings and the playoff race as it leads up to the trade deadline and the trade deadline is the point where you're, you're probably going to have your best offers, your best deals available and all that. And um, I really don't think there'll be any drastic moves in terms of like direction. I, I fully intend for this team to compete and, you know, acquire play. Like if we make a move to me, it's going to be for a player that we think can make the team better and we'll keep canvassing the league and searching for that. And uh, we, hey, listen, we may play great over the next 10 to 15 games and, and still make a move, right? Like if something's there, we're going to do it. And I think that's going to be the, the process and the strategy and um, time will tell. Uh, that's what I, I, you know, I think you made some big moves in the offseason. We know you made some big moves in the offseason. Those were not, you know, for the future. They were for right now, adding Chris Paul and the, and some of the other moves. I mean, is it, I know you can't, commit to whatever, which way you're going to go. Who knows what happens in the next few weeks, but is it really like this is not a blow up situation, right? You almost couldn't do it if you even thought that way. I, I'm putting words in your mouth. I don't want to, but would you agree with kind of that sense? Yeah, I don't see that happening um, right now. I mean, especially with the way Steph Curry's playing. I mean, he's still at an elite level. He's proven that he can win championships when you put the right players around him. You know, our payroll, our, our ownership group, I mean, just the competitiveness that we have. Um, you know, I, I think our main focus is getting in the, in the playoffs, right? Getting in the tournament. So um, that that's how it'll be. Uh, it, 
quote unquote blowing it up is even tough to do during the, during the season as well. So uh, it's, it's been a little confounding this year just because kind of the additions we made this off season and the effort to strengthen our bench and increase our depth has really worked out well. Um, you know, unfortunately the starting lineup, which was so good for a couple of years, um, hasn't, hasn't been that way this year. So we're adjusting now, um, trying to figure that one out, solve for that. But, you know, I still really like our depth. Um, and I really like uh, the fact that we have a guy who's uh, one of the top five players in the league or so. So th- those are good things to have. And we, we got to kind of figure out the rest and be better finishing games, holding leads, just, you know, in those areas where we've been right there, we just got to get some results. You talk about the starting lineup and, and clearly Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins have not had good years so far, had some good moments. Um, how many alarm bells does that ring though? When you have those two guys, you know, struggling, or is it just at some point, did you say, you know what, I, they got their track record and I'm going to believe in them. Yeah. I think there's an element of that. Um, you know, it's certainly been problematic when you have multiple guys that aren't playing their best at one time. And that's not just, you know, Andrew and, and Clay. Um, we, we've had some of that throughout. But um, it just you, you get through 25 games and if the results aren't there, you definitely got to you know look in the mirror and say, what, what do we do to remedy this? And I think we're going through that right now. Um, but again, the good news is we've got a lot of other guys that are playing really well. And you never know, switching up some rotations and some lineups and some strategy. Like these guys have a track record. They can, they can get back on track and we need them to because they've proven it. It was just 18 months ago that they were at an elite level, winning an NBA championship and helping us in the finals. So it's there. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting everybody getting out of each other. How important do you think is Jonathan Kaminga going to be all this? We've seen what he's done in the last few games. We know there's a positional need there now, obviously with, with Draymond out. Uh, what have you seen from Kaminga and how important is he for the right now, even, you know, and plus the future beyond, obviously. Yeah, he's really important. I mean, first and foremost, with Draymond out, you know, filling that gap a little bit, the defense, the defense, the, the just the stuff around the rim. Um, you know, he he just fills a positional void. And I think for, for JK, the biggest thing recently is, you know, keeping it simple in terms of low foul, low turnover. You know, you take care of the ball, you don't foul. That right then and there, you're 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 looking at just being a like level player on the court. Then you take into account the other stuff that you have, the talent, the athleticism, all that. You add that in, and then you're going to be an extremely positive player that helps us win. And he's sort of bought into that lately, which has been great. And uh, if he can keep that going, I mean, this is a unique player, a guy that can play both ends of the floor, can guard multiple positions, and really, really tie lineups together. You got to be kind of thrilled watching Pajemski. Your, your, your draft pick. Uh, and I think, I mean, when we talked about t- talked about him to you, you were saying, hey, you know, he can shoot and he can play and make. You didn't know about his defense. His defense has been really interesting, uh, and the playmaking and the rebounding has been outrageous. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts on Pajemski so far? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, BP's been really good. Um, I think coming out of college, it's always tough to judge a player defensively how good they'll be. Even, Even the guys you think would be elite on ball, um, sometimes they don't end up being that. So that's always the toughest thing to judge. But I think Brandon's added some strength. He's really smart. He's really tough. And 
he's a guy we trust out there defensively. You can put him on really good offensive players and trust that he's going to, you know, follow the game plan. He's going to move his feet. He's not going to foul. Um, and, and that's a, as a rookie, that's a really tough, unique thing. So we've been really pleased with him. Want him to keep growing. Uh, Moses Moody, same thing. He's made some really good strides here in year three. You mentioned Kaminga before. You know, I really think, um, you know, people can talk a lot about the now and, you know, and, and then there's the future. Well, I think we're in a good spot with our young guys and what we have moving forward. It's just trying to figure out the, the moment. And the good news is we got a lot of players, so it, it seems doable. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm overall pleased with everything except for, for our record and the moment. And we got we to gotta get that straightened out. I brought up Clay, and you know, clearly he's been going through some shooting issues and maybe some other things. I mean, come back from what he's come back is all understandable. Uh, but uh, he's in a contract year, and we all know it. He's been asked about it. Uh, I don't know if it's on his mind. Our Shams Terrania, the athletic, has reported that there was a two-year, $48 million offer from the Warriors on the table in the se- before the season, and that, that offer is off the table. Is that true? What, what, what's the state of any kind of negotiations with Clay Thompson right now? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say on that is there's, there's great mutual interest in bringing him back. Uh, we want to make that happen. Not 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 much different than I think it was 2019 when he hit unrestricted free agency and figured that one out. And I'm confident we can do it again. Uh, but the main thing right now is just getting through the season. And um, you know, he's had his moments where he's been really good. And I know he he want. I think we all want him to be more consistent. Um, and that's there. The, the big thing with Clay that's so good is he's so competitive. He wants to win. He's going to give great effort. And then even when he's not making shots, he's such a threat out there. So with his size and shooting ability, like, you know, obviously the more shots he can make, the better, but just his presence alone is helpful. And, um, you know, we, we value that and, you know, we'll just see how this season plays out. But, um, you know, I'm, I've always been optimistic that we can get him back in the fold. You've mentioned it's a big payroll. Uh, you know, I think total commitments over four hundred million dollars. Joe Lacob has has invested in this team, um, and it, this is an impossible question to ask. Which I will. Sorry, I'm phrasing it that way. But uh, at some point, do you have to contemplate that this is not, uh, you know, the, the financing, the the, the the money being paid out is not being met, the worth, and you maybe you have to kind of retool everything. And not right now. And I'm clear. You know, I know it can't happen right now. It shouldn't happen right now. But in the offseason, do you have to have that in the, in your mind that this is a possibility, that this run is over as it stands, and maybe this offseason some major things have to happen? Absolutely. I mean, I think we're always considering that. Uh, I think people were writing about the demise as far back as 2019 when KD left. And, um, you know, frankly, they're batting zero on that. And at some point they'll be right. But in the meantime, every year since I've been here, we've evaluated that can we still compete at the highest level? And um, we felt we have, and we've gone out there and tried to do it. And some years there's been injuries or things haven't gone the way we have, but the one thing that remains the same is in Joe and the ownership group are always, they're so competitive. They're always going to spend. So it's, it's my job. It's our front office's job to give him the best advice and information on whether it's worth it. And then from there, we'll, we'll make the right decisions and um, you know, see where we're at. This has been a pretty eventful first season as general manager, Mike Dunleavy. Uh, I, I, some of this probably could be foreseen, but not not nearly all of it. Uh, do you feel like you've been throwing a lot or just do you figure this is part of the job? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I would say I, I was very comfortable and know what I signed up for. Um, you don't specifically know the things that are going to come your way. And so that's been 
that, you know, that's been a surprise in some ways, but new, new it's, you know, there's going to be, there's always going to be Rocky waters um, in this. I've been around the league long enough to know that. And so, you know, I'm comfortable with it. Just, um, you know, facing, facing the challenges as they come. And, um, you know, we've got a, we've got a great group. Our organization is strong. Our processes are sound. Um, you know, Steve Kerr's, you know, our head coach and we've got really, really good players. So all in all, it's a good place. It's just, you know, figuring a few things out here and, and see where we're at. You mentioned Kerr. I'll just ask the same situation with Clay. He's coming up on his contracts expiring at this end of the season. No deal. Uh, do you imagine that's changed at all? That, that your expectation that he'll be back with the team is is that just in line with everything that you guys have been saying for the last few months? Yeah, I mean that stuff's ongoing. And again, I remain optimistic uh, with Steve as well as Clay that we can get both those guys back. And you know, we'll just have to see. But I think everybody right now is just solely focused on the moment, the season, getting us out of this uh, little rut we're in, um, which is, like I said before, been a little strange because for the most part, I think we're playing pretty well. We just haven't really closed out games and we had a little bit of misstep here, a little bit of misstep there. And you look up and we're three games under 500. So writing the ship is the most important thing right now, but looking ahead to the future, definitely want to get Steve back on board and, and in Clay as well. We know the standard is championships. You should be winning four uh, as you have in this era. Do you think, I mean, you mentioned maybe tweaks and you see some depth. Does this roster have the capability to, to contend for a championship, Mike? Do you really do believe that still? Yeah, I do. I do believe this this whole roster does um, as the way it was designed. Um, we certainly believe that, you know, whatever it was eight weeks ago when we started the season and some things haven't broken our way, but these things change quickly. Um, we get everybody rowing in the right direction. Um, I think it's doable, but hey, you know, six weeks from now, the trade deadline, Maybe something comes up that makes more sense and, and we do something. But you know, this is a group that, that the core guys have been there and are capable of doing it. Um, but I, I do think Steve's made a good move and kind of reshifting the focus to the moment in the now, not worrying about May, June, but more so like let's win tonight. Let's win this weekend. Let's let's really focus on the things right in front of us. I'm going to ask one more general question. I'm sorry, I should have brought up in that conversation. Do you, as close as the entire team is, to Draymond and has known what he's given to, do you worry about his legacy that he's going to be remembered for this stuff and not, you know, almost as much or more than he's remembered for the good things, for the championships, for the incredible play. Is that at all a concern in your mind? Well, I hope I would hope not. Um, but I guess it's a little bit of TBD. And I think part of what we're going through now and what he's going through now is, is remedying that and getting right back on the right track. And so it would be hard to imagine a scenario where, a guy who's been such an integral part of four championships and done so much for this organization in the Bay area that he would be remembered for anything but winning, but you know, you gotta be careful, you know, you go too far with something that that can come into play. So we'll see, but it's all part of, I think the process of us, um, you know, giving him support, helping him out and um, getting back on track. Well, Myers did say that he'd handle Draymond, right? <laughs> uh, that's what he said at his press conference. Uh, have you talked to Bob at all recently? I mean, does, do you check in with him or is it he's over there doing his Bob Myers thing? No, we talk a lot. I see him. You know, we live in the same neighborhood and we've got kids at the same school. So I, I see Bob quite a bit. We're in contact with his texts or calls or whatever. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll always be a great friend. He's a great resource. You know, he, he knows this stuff inside out with this organization. As I've got to learn the last few years, um, I know it pretty well, but nobody knows it like him. So he's somebody I'll always, you know, lean on and rely on. And, um, 
you know, I know, I know he'll pick up the phone when I call. All right, uh, Mike, I do appreciate you taking these questions. This is a very interesting time in this franchise, but hey, you're the general manager and you uh, you have answered them. I will end this with a version of a question I've asked you before. I asked all my guests on TK show, Mike Dunleavy, what's your favorite TV show right now? Hard to get into the books, the TV shows, the movies during the season, just so much stuff going on. But um, the one I just finished that I really, really enjoyed was The Bear on FX about the uh, chef in Chicago and the restaurant. Good, just unique show. I lived in Chicago for a few years playing for the Bulls, and it's a great city. Uh, enjoyed kind of the dynamics of the city and putting the restaurant together and all the stuff that went along with it. Like, love, um, I can't even, I don't, do you know the actor? The guy's oh, yeah. name is. Oh, he was Jeremy. in the Shameless show as well. Yeah, yeah Jeremy yeah. something. Yeah, I haven't watched the show yet. It's one that is next up for me. I got to watch it. I know a friend of mine is a chef. He says that gets it so real. It's like it's so real yeah. about the dynamics in there. Uh, and kind of the- it's a good creative show. And I think um, it's funny. Um, the, the, the chef dynamic working in a kitchen is not a lot different than kind of what we deal with, um, whether it's on a team or a front office. Um, especially in high, highly intense moments at the draft or the trade deadline, <laughs> a lot of stuff, not, not there's fire going up and <laughs> different things in the kitchen, but, um, it's, it's that type of emotion and it's controlling your, controlling your feelings at times. So I, I thought it was a, a really good show and recommend it. There's some fires going off metaphorically, uh, in the last few yeah. days. So there, there yeah, might be a little that, embarrassing to do that. Uh, fair, also, fair. what was your favorite restaurant in Chicago? I'll throw extra one at you when you were there. Oh boy, that's like asking your your, your favorite kid. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Along the lines of that type of restaurant, there's a um, famous one where I, I lived like a block from in Lincoln Park called Alinea, okay, which okay. is one of those you know French Laundry ten course deals, but it's very artistic and creative. Like you go in there and you have an unbelievable dining experience. Um, that was you know, and then you got the the regular everyday ones. Um, you know, whether you're getting, you know, you're getting a hot dog or a slice of pizza, the unique Chicago stuff. I mean, they just have every type of food you can imagine. And it's, uh, it's a great place to go and eat. Now I'm making myself hungry as I always do when people talk. Restaurants. <laughs> I'm just a Giordano's guy. And that's all I mean. Just go get. I yeah, dream, absolutely. Dream of Giordano's pizza. All right, Mike, listen, you, you, you kept to this. I respect the honor of it. Uh, and I thank you so much for, uh, for coming back on the show. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Tim. We'll see you soon. All right, Mike, everybody. That's the show for today. 